Welcome to the Airline Pilot Podcast, a new show from the Airline Pilots Association. September marked two important moments in ALPA's safety and security work. We honored the 22nd anniversary of the September 11th attacks, and ALPA held its annual air safety forum. This episode will feature two interviews. The first is a conversation with Aviation Security Group Chair, Captain Wolfgang Koch, about ALPA's efforts to strengthen aviation security 22 years after 9-11. And the second interview will feature ALPA First Vice President, Captain Wendy Morse, to discuss this year's air safety forum. Here's Captain Ambrosi with Captain Koch. I'm honored to be here today with uh, Captain Wolfgang Koch, our Aviation Security Group Chair, on the heels of our 9-11 ceremony this week, and just uh, wanted to get your thoughts and uh, on on 9-11 in general, 22 years later. Where were you on 9-11? What were you doing that, that day? I, I know that we all remember. Those of us that were, were, were pilots uh, that day, I was a, I was a Delta pilot. Uh, where were you that day? Thank you, uh, Jason. I was at home. I was just moving into a new home in Merritt Island, Florida. And I received a text message from colleagues at the airport that my wife knew at the time, and they had indicated that a plane had crashed into one of the World Trade Center buildings. I turned on the TV, and I started to watch all the events unfold from that point forward. And that was just a living memory that will never escape me to have seen what the devastation was from those persons that uh, want to do us harm. It was just something we will never, never forget. Well, on behalf of all our members, I, I sincerely appreciate what you and your team does to prevent that from ever, ever happening again, because it's front of mind and it's important that we keep educating the next generation on exactly what can happen if we let our guard down. So thank you for that. So let's shift gears a little bit to today. Uh, what are some of ALPA's current security priorities? Sure. So we always want to keep in mind uh, that our adversaries will never forget, uh, and they are very patient in terms of wanting to get at us. They want to take our industry down. They want to hurt Americans. They want to hurt our style of living and our industry. They are after us. Um, I keep that in mind. And I think some of the initiatives that we keep in the forefront to protecting our industry include the Federal Flight Deck Officer Program, the insistence that our industry provide our aircraft flying today, secondary barriers. I've worked with Ellen Sarancini, and there's another passionate person that sees the security and the need to protect the flying public and United States of America, the public, through the use of a secondary barrier. Now, that is a secondary barrier. There's also the need for the primary barriers that are not on board the all-cargo aircraft that are flying around internationally. So tell me why are flight tech barriers important on cargo flights? As we know they are, but explain it to our listeners, why a, a primary barrier is important on a cargo aircraft. So there's an alternate means of compliance within the FAA that has permitted all cargo aircraft to operate 
large wide-body aircraft with thousands of pounds of fuel to have a flight deck without a primary flight deck door. And where our concern lies is the fact that these aircraft actually operate with passengers on board and that are vetted to normal passenger standards, yet there's no division between the control of the aircraft and those that they are carrying. Is it true that some airplanes actually have the seats for these passengers uh, within 10 feet or less from, from the pilot control seats? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the, the real fear here is that those that are allowed to fly in the back as passengers are usually there as animal handlers. And one of the cases that we are very concerned about is the fact that these animal handlers usually travel with sedating medicine, i.e. they carry a big syringe around. And should an animal become unruly in the back, they will sedate that animal. Now, those items are provided to those passengers on board the aircraft, and they have direct access to the flight uh, to the pilots in the flight deck. I consider that a huge problem. And also, the fact that there's no division between the passenger compartment and the flight deck gives those pilots no chance to react if there was an attack on them. I think we can all agree that that this is a priority and that uh, cargo aircraft also need a, a primary door in addition to our passenger carrying airplanes and secondary barriers. You know, it's it's been 22 years. I'm I'm glad that the FAA finally made a rule mandating um, secondary barriers on newly manufactured airplanes. But you're right. Um, the Saracini Aviation Safety Act is calling for, and we support secondary barriers on all all airliners. I couldn't agree more with that. It's a it's it's an all of the above strategy for securing our our the safety of the traveling public, our crews and and cargo and 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 our cargo crew members uh, moving forward. If I could add just an, one other area of concern that we are dealing with today that would also be addressed by the secondary barrier is the fact that today's passengers they're becoming more violent in their unruliness on board aircraft. And there are deep concerns, and there have been more and more incidents of these unruly passengers that are rushing the flight decks. It's going to take just one incident, again, to have a devastating effect in this industry once that passenger makes it to the flight deck in flight. All right. Well, that uh, I would like to thank you. Uh, as a former Aviation Security Award winner for your uh, many years of, of service to, to the ALPA pilots, our members, uh, 75,000 strong now. We really appreciate everything you do day in and day out as the Aviation Security Group Chair, Captain Wolfgang Koch. Thanks so much, Jason. Great to be here. ALPA's industry-leading work continued during this September with the 67th Annual Air Safety Forum. Captain Ambrosi caught up with ALPA First VP and National Safety Coordinator, Captain Wendy Morse, to talk about the event. My pleasure to be here with Captain Wendy Morse, ALPA First Vice President and the uh, 
National Safety Coordinator. So, Wendy, um, Air Safety Forum, what an event! That was that was that was very impressive. Um, it was very cool that we held it in such a historic venue at the at the Chicago Hilton, where in 1944, um, 52 member nations signed the Convention on International Aviation, basically creating what is now ICAO. Sitting in that same room, you know, that was that was that was impressive. Many of our folks don't know what the Air Safety Forum is and, and have never been to one. So, um, give us a little bit as uh, in your in your in your words what what it was and, and how you think it went. So I agree. What a historic location to have it, and I'm a fan of history. And certainly, as airline people, we want to uh, value history and go forward. So, what a great place. So, ALPA launched the Air Safety Forum 70 years ago in Chicago to give more attention to air safety by bringing together ALPA members, airline safety representatives, and government regulators to identify viable solutions to the persistent aviation safety security pilot assistance and jump seat challenges they were facing. You have to remember that ALPA was founded on safety, so these were big issues and continue to be today. It's a several-day long forum that ALPA hosts every year, and it's split into two sections. The first two days are ALPA's air safety organization and various groups meet in closed-door sessions to address concerns and ideas with aviation safety security pilot assistants and jump seat experts. During the final two days, we invite the public to join the conversation that includes keynote speakers and public panels with leaders from airlines, manufacturers, government regulators, and other experts from the United States and Canada and around the world to discuss how we can move forward to address our issues of safety, security pilot assistance, and jump seat issues. So I was I was impressed at some of the speakers that that you and your team were able to uh, uh, have attend. Who are, who were some of the speakers that that were there this year? Yes, it was very exciting this year because we had uh, keynote speakers, including Transportation Safety Board of Canada Chair Kathy Fox, Department of Transportation Undersecretary Carlos Monhe, and Transportation Security Administrator David Pakoski, and a host of other industry experts, including Andy Cook from Transport Canada. Yeah, I, I was impressed at how candid they would be, um, and you know, Andy Cook even went off the off off script and was telling us a, a very detail about you know the relationship with Transport Canada and and how these these folks value um, value labor input. Yeah, it was it was just great hearing how 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 straightforward they were with us. It For was sure. really great. What were some of the main takeaways from from this year's uh, ASF? So, we're, of course, we're at a crossroads with a lot of decisions that could negatively impact aviation safety. Our real threats, like reducing the number of crew members on the flight deck and slashing pilot training requirements, could make our industry very much less safe. Pilots play such an important role as a conscience of the airline industry, and we have forever. And as we face these threats to safety, it's up to us to prevent them from eroding the global aviation gold standard that we've built together. And as ALPA continues to add Canadian pilot groups to its membership, representatives from Transport Canada, NAV Canada, and the Transportation Safety Board of Canada were important participants in this year's forum. They joined us to talk about fatigue and approach band regulations, discuss the safety concerns with drones operating in our airspace, and their True North Navigation initiative and efforts to make the process of appealing medical restriction violations more efficient. I was... On a personal note, very impressed. It was only my second um, ASF, and just the the sheer magnitude of our air air safety organization and all the volunteers and all the work that's put in on behalf of our members. You mentioned 
panels. One of the panels focused on on runway safety, a topic that's been in the news, you know, quite a bit this year. What role does Alpa play in, in runway safety, and and what are some takeaways uh, on that issue? So, of course, ensuring runway safety is critical, and Alpa has put a lot of work into making runways safer. The first winner of Alpa's Air Safety Award, Captain Ernie Cottrell, received it in recognition of his work creating a centerline approach lighting system. Yet, near misses and incidents still occur on runways today. A representative from the National Air Traffic Controllers Association noted during the panel that of the 52.5 million takeoffs and landings in the U.S. each year, there are only a small fraction of runway incursions. So, pilots and controllers are doing a good job preventing them, but there are additional steps we can take, including investing in new and improved technology. As with every safety issue, pilots play such a large role in preventing incidents on the runway. We should all remember to get back to the basics. So things like slow down, remain vigilant, and ensure we're proceeding safely and following ATC instructions is huge. Runway safety is an area in which ALPA volunteers can actively participate. ALPA's airport safety liaisons are assigned to a specific airport, and they work with the airport officials and other airport community representatives to identify risks, potential problems, and trends and develop mitigations. These are people that work behind the scenes each and every day. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, like I said, the, the amount of work that's going on in the background every, every day from so many volunteers on behalf of of our, you know, now over 75,000 members. It, it truly is impressive. And on a personal note, I was able to hand out the, you know, ASL of the year award to a, a guy I went to college with, Rob, you know, so it's just such a small world and, and you still meet these, you meet folks and, and reconnect after such a long period of time. So it's kind of cool. One, uh, one area we, we focused on this year, which hasn't been in the past is, uh, the reduced crew threat and the fact that, uh, there are, OEMs and uh, operators and actually in Europe, the regulator that that's trying to get pilots out of the cockpit, single pilot crews. Um, and I think having that, kicking it off with that, with that RCO panel was well received and very educational because I think in the U.S. we have a tendency to, to say, oh, that'll never happen. It'll never happen here uh, because our rules would be very difficult for it. But if it happens somewhere else in the world, it's eventually coming to our shores because there'll be that commercial pressure on our regulators, our airlines to, to work it. So um, on that thought, how do you, how do you think the, you know, the, how do you think that was received by, by everyone in attendance, including, including the media? So I thought that went great. I thought it was very well received. And we heard about it from government officials, right? We heard about it from the Canadians. We heard about it from our FAA. So I think that is very well received. That has been a concern of mine for the past 10 years. I have seen that threat coming, and we have to do everything in our power to keep it from happening because it, it it will be such a degradation to safety if that happens. So that is that's sort of our number one thing if I were to pick one. Yes, it, it, you know, coming into this position and, and partnering with um, with the European Cockpit Association with with IFALPA and saying, hey, this is this is a, a global threat, and we need to have a global uh, response, and working with them. To, to combat this, I think is essential. It's education. It's getting the you know getting the word out. You know, obviously, it's economics is why airlines, some airlines, uh, foreign airlines, and some manufacturers want to do this, but they're trying to say it's an enhancement to safety. I can tell you that, uh, and, I'm, and you've been doing this just as long or longer than I have. 
you know that there's nothing. Um, the best safety device on any aircraft is is a minimum of two well trained, qualified, and, and rested pilots on, on the flight deck at all times. So technology should be there to support pilots and not not replace them. That's exactly right. Look, you 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 can't remove. In fact, we say at least two well trained, but the more the better, right? I I prefer to have four. I like a couple people looking over my shoulder because they're like they can see from a distance what I might miss where I'm a little closer to it. So absolutely, and this is the right approach to get everybody involved because if it happens somewhere else, it comes our way based on economics. And the, the, the manufacturers will continue to try to hide the ball and say it's safer, but in fact, it isn't. It's just cheaper. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I appreciate it um, as a wrap-up from the, from the ASF and what a wonderful event it was. Thank you to you and all the pilot volunteers, as well as the staff that put just countless hours into making that a, uh, a massive success. You know, thank you. And, um, and, I, and I appreciate it on behalf of all of us. Yeah. And I thank everybody as well. Look, it was a group effort and it, we have an amazing staff and group of ASO volunteers that do just an amazing job with breadth and depth that you would never know unless you were in these roles. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Wendy. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Airline Pilot Podcast. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, reach out at podcast at alpa.org. To listen and subscribe to the Airline Pilot Podcast, please check us out online at alpa.org or find us on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, this is the Airline Pilot Podcast. Production copyright Alpa 2023, all rights reserved.